This episode is brought to you by New Balance. You don't have to be an elite athlete when you pound the pavement. Whether you've run five marathons or you only run when necessary, whether you're chased by bears, zombies, monsters, the apocalypse is coming, but New Balance will have you covered regardless. Whether you need shoes for comfort, stability, or race day speed, they've got you covered because the only right way to run is your way. New Balance, run your way. Visit newbalance.com slash running to learn more. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. We're back here with the sports. This is, in fact, Go My Favorite Sports Team, the podcast where we collectively as a unit make fun of Tyler. Wait, that no, that's not, that's 100 that's not what happens. That is it's, it's where I impart knowledge to you so that you might find an interest in sport and at least be able to understand it more. You know, I was working out with Alex this morning. Yeah. And he talked about... <laughs> Toby oh. Rady? No. Tofu. Oh, Tua. 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 Talk uh he he mentioned Tua. I forget why, but he said something about it. I was like, I actually know who that is and what happened to him over the past weekend and the injury that he sustained and how it was not good and how his doctor was fired because he let him on the field. I was like, I know about that. And he was like, holy crap. I'm going to, did he text you about it? He tweeted at me. Yeah. He tweeted at you about it. Yeah. That's the best way to get a hold of someone these days. <laughs> Why text when you yeah, can he just, it was like in all caps. Thank you. Mark knew what I was talking about. <laughs> <laughs> that I did. That I did. Uh, so it was a, it was an informational thing and I did have a moment where I was like wow I know a bit more about sports and sport related things and that's all thanks to this podcast which is what this podcast is all about it's for people that don't know sports or don't know how to get into sports to get into sports and start to know how to sport good yeah and that way you can have whether it's as simple as having a conversation with somebody who's talking about sports understanding references and slang that exists within the u.s language uh in the english language and all the languages across the board use sports analogies throughout to create a emotional tie or a different connection or it's an abbreviated turn of phrase mm -hmm. so to speak absolutely yeah 100 um, and then uh, also then you can maybe watch a game and know what's going on yeah maybe you don't have to i still have not sat down and been encouraged to watch a game see that's the thing about this podcast you don't necessarily turn around and you're like oh i want to watch every game i haven't <laughs> But I know at least what's going on when it's there, and I can start to understand what the deal is with people's infatuation with sports and understanding sports, and I think just bridging that gap can open up you to a world that you may not have gotten used to before. I think all of us, well, maybe not all of us, have said at one point or another, oh, it's a sports ball, da da da, da. It's like, well, you know, also, I think Rocket League is the stupidest game out there, and I know a lot of people probably are mad at me about that. That's how I am to you, Rocket League, as you are when you say that to sports. 
So you can understand, like, the people who like sports, you know, they're not all airheads. They're not all jocks. And jocks are nerds anyways. We know that now for a fact. The switch was flipped long ago. But when it comes down to knowing something, it means that you can make less fun of it. However, I will never know about Rocket League because I refuse to understand it because it is the dumbest game in the world. I mean, if you think about it in some semblance, there are people that don't know a lot about video games and say, oh, it's a video game, blah, 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 why does it matter? It's the mm -hmm. same thing, the reverse situation of a lot of people doing that towards sports, you know, mm -hmm. there's, I mean, it's the same thing when you talk about like D&D &D or LARPing or theater, you know, it's, it's a group you're not outside or not within. And so if you don't understand it, it's like, oh, that's just that thing. And you kind of just cast it aside or people treat you like crap because they're from one group or another and they're like kicking you out of it. But that's a whole other oh, why would people do that? That doesn't make any sense at all. You know, something about people and focusing on differences instead of similarities, you know, stu stupid no, stuff. No, but people are completely different. Every single one of us is so different than the other, and there is no common ground anywhere, especially among sport lovers and non-sport lovers. Or is there? Well, you're the expert. Oh, yeah, there's always a common ground. <laughs> but also, I am spending a little bit of time making fun of this guy... <laughs> With even more jacques, Tyler, the Met Gala's in New York, not L.A. Mark. <laughs> Wait, Tyler, then it said Mark at the end? I don't know. These ghosts must be confused then about someone. Then what is the L.A. fashion thing that you were talking about? I don't think there is an L.A. fashion thing. <laughs> <laughs> like that place that the, the How could YouTuber, you not remember where the L.A. fashion thing wasn't? L.A. Fashion Week, that's a thing. Is it? <laughs> yeah, apparently. Oh my god, I gotta learn fashion. <laughs> I'm not, that's not this podcast. I'm oh not gonna be able to teach you that. Fashion so badly. Because uh, it's just like, it's something I don't have any idea. Uh, yesterday, I, I bought a banging suit. That's what I'd, I, I, I would mean, say. I you, mean, you've always like had stylish suits going from when we were in college and everything. You'd show up in a nice vest or jacket or whatever. You dressed nice. I mean, not really, but I did buy a, Compared to everybody a pretty sick suit. Ooh. It's an orange corduroy suit. It's very, very nice. But I don't it, like corduroy, but this one's a nice one. I like I ordinarily wouldn't, but it's ooh, it's it's just very, very nice. But the thing is, with this one, it was literally on the mannequin. So nothing I did actually made it so that I made a choice there. It was just on the mannequin, and then I went to the person there. I was like, I like this one. And then Amy was like, oh, maybe not exactly like it, so it didn't get exactly like it. But I need some help with fashion. But that's not the point of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Anyway, here's a jacuzzi that I'm, I'm turning around. People are saying and have said for a while that Wade's episode of Go My Favorite Sports Team was the best episode so far. How dare you pull out your A game what? for Wade and not me? How dare you save the best for the guest host and not me? I can't believe <laughs> that you would hold back on me like I that. <laughs> How whoa, could you whoa, do whoa. that to me? Whoa, 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 whoa. How whoa, could whoa. you do that to me? It literally was the same formula that I did uh, for Mark's sports life. Uh, it was just for Wade. I can't believe it, you all, and all you people, and you. I'm jacuzzing right back. I'm rejecting <laughs> the spirits from my body, and I'm shooting them right back into the darkness where you belong. How dare you enjoy that episode more than the gold I've been given shooting out of my eyeballs every week I 
I come in here and bring just pure, unadulterated genius? How dare you? You think you're so special? You think that just because Wade walks in here with his fat ass and tall height, you get to say that he's, oh, it's the best episode I've ever seen. How dare you? It's all right, Mark. You have the hair. I have the hair. That's true. That's true. That's true. That's true. Thank you very much for that. You're welcome. <laughs> that means a lot. <laughs> yeah, the only other jacuzzi was just like the the one pixel margin on the live streams oh, yeah. uh, camera, but that's about it. There's really not that much jacuzzi. If you guys want to spout more jacuzzi, you got to go to the subreddit r slash gmfst. It's one of the easiest subreddits you could possibly find or go to. Go my favorite sports team on Reddit or the Discord, of which I think the link is still at the pinned at the top, but it might not be. I don't know. But if you can't get in from there, uh, you got to bribe someone to get you in. That is the end of the jacuzzi. I've expelled all the demons out of my soul. That's what they are. I'm good. I am good. Truth don't hurt. I'm going to hurt you. That's what's going to hurt. You don't know how to use Reddit? That's fine. Miss out. Why don't you? I feel like everybody uses Reddit at some point. It, well, the thing is, it's so easy. It's very similar okay. to like Twitter. It's just a forum. It's I like do a get text this, forum. though. I don't post on Reddit. Okay, uh, posting like is a little... Posting is different. I, I definitely browse Reddit. I do yeah. not post on Reddit. So it is a different... Like, usually when there's ever a community, it's like a 99% lurk, 1% contribute content to the community. So that is like a big, big I, discrepancy. I have posted on the subreddit, but it took me a while to figure out how to do what I wanted to do. I think posting itself... I think it's just because there's so many options and so many things that pop up, like changing the text, doing this, all the different colors, picking the tags, everything yeah, like that makes that, it a yeah. little, little different. It makes sense, makes sense, makes sense. This episode is brought to you by New Balance. You don't have to be an elite athlete when you pound the pavement. Whether you've run five marathons or you only run when necessary, whether you're chased by bears, zombies, monsters, the apocalypse is coming. But New Balance will have you covered regardless. Whether you need shoes for comfort, stability, or race day speed, they've got you covered. Because the only right way to run is your way. New Balance. Run your way. Visit newbalance.com slash running to learn more. This episode is brought to you by Rocket Money. You know, all those subscription websites, they just hide those charges from you. They're hidden and repetitive and you forget about them. Oh, I know exactly which websites you're talking about. The ones that you like to go to. You do? I've literally spent so long digging through my finances. Rocket Money can help cancel your subscriptions. You're saying Rocket Money is a personal finance app that helps and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills so you can grow grow your savings? Absolutely, yes. With Rocket Money, I have full control over my subscriptions and a clear view of my expenses? Uh-huh, yeah. Rocket Money will even try to negotiate lower bills for me? Up to 20%? Maybe. But for our listeners, definitely yes. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash sports team. That's R-O-C-K-E-T-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash S-P-O-R-T-S-T-E-A-M. That's rocketmoney.com slash sports team. CeraVe facial moisturizers with SPF protect skin against damaging UV rays and continuously deliver three essential ceramides to help restore skin's protective barrier so it can lock in moisture. Non-greasy, fragrance-free, and won't clog pores? With CeraVe, skin feels hydrated and looks healthy all day. CeraVe facial moisturizers with SPF from the number one dermatologist recommended facial moisturizer brand.
But anyway, back into the content. What are we learning about today? Today, we are going to talk about a chosen topic by the Discord. One that I thought I would not be able to do justice with. Ooh, interesting. But was inspired by recent events. We're going to talk about rivalries. You versus me. The whole premise of the art of Go My Favorite Sports Team. The rivalry between hosts. Me, the non-sport person. You, the sport person. Always at odds. Always butting heads. Yet somehow better friends for it, right? Yeah. That's what good rivalries are all about. You you push each other higher to new levels so that you both succeed through mutual hatred. Like, like the space race. <laughs> no, mutual hatred is different. Mutual because- hatred, just like the USSR and the USA. The rivalry no. f- made no. us all better inside, right? No. <laughs> the phrase you just said that just left my mind for the moment was um, something hatred. What was it? Mutually assured mutual- disgu- destruction. <laughs> mutual hatred is when people bond over both hating the same thing. Ah, That's okay. different. Ah, oh, that's different. Than okay. what you meant, like hatred, like... What about for hating each other? Each other? Is that, that rivalry? That's a form rivalries can come about. For. Okay, all right. So leading into this, I was really curious. Because uh-huh. there are plenty of people in high school and college and various stuff that I was like, I don't like you. I'm going to be better than you. Sure, okay. Did you ever have a rival? Like, did you ever have somebody that you were so vehemently like, I am going to beat you um, specifically? Or be better than you specifically. There was probably only one. And it was only for a very limited window. I believe it was, was his name Brian Paw? Is that, that name that, sounds that familiar. That rings a bell. We were both throwers on the team. He was mm-hmm. he was bigger than I was, and he could naturally throw more with a half spin than I could. But I could do a full spin, and I could throw more than him at the time. He got selected to go to regionals uh. instead of me, which I, even to this day, I'm like, isn't that kind of bullshit I do throw farther than him, yeah. Uh, but the coach was just like, you throw farther than him, but he does a half spin, you do a full spin, he has more room to improve, you're kind of topped out. And boy, I don't think those were his specific words. Well, I talked about this like on... Wasn't he like younger too? He was, or... a, you know, he was a year younger, yeah. Yeah, and uh, I think that was part of the reason he was and, chosen in that regard. Yeah, and it was just one of those things where I was like, I was my junior year, I think. It was my junior year. And I was just like, what in the... How is that in any way for I literally so yeah, literally that doesn't make sense. I practiced nonstop and I'd never practiced, you know, outside of the normal practice that we have after school. But I would I would like stay over the weekends just throwing over and over and over again until I got better at it. And I did start to throw better. I think I was like at 120 feet and I got up to like 138 feet mm-hmm. with uh my full spin. That was like best to best possible that I had the whole year when it's actually measured. Because I wasn't measuring myself, but I was just practicing trying to be more consistent. But yeah, that would be the only rivalry, but he didn't even know that I was yeah, being a rival. So it doesn't really count, but it's that's more fuck you energy. That's what right? I was going to say, yeah. And that it, I, I would believe that a lot of it boils down to that, but I am a big, 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 like, uh, like I represent a lot of fuck you energy. Less <laughs> than I did. Less than I did. I do think fuck you energy can be very poisonous and can be very bad long term. However, I still can't help it. I'm a very competitive guy. I get angry easily. I try, I've done a lot of things throughout my life to try to alleviate that and diminish that as much as I can, but it's still like a big part of who I am. Right. right. Yeah. But not really rivals. Definitely gotcha. people that I hated. Well, I mean, let's, let's just define what a rival is mm-hmm. or a rivalry is. So a rival is generally a person or thing competing with another for the same objectives or for superiority in the same field or activity. Mm. And to be a rivalry 
it's going to be a competition for the same objective so and superiority in the same field. So it's okay. very fitting in the same thing. And so in sports, that's very commonplace, especially when you start out in sports, you tend to play the same people in individual sports and you play the same teams in team sports. Mm -hmm. And usually what ends up happening is one team particular stands out to you. And usually there it's the team that it's like it's a seesaw. One side wins sometimes, the other side wins sometimes. It's like you're very close the whole time. Mm -hmm. And so in that game, for whatever reason, you're like, I know we can beat this team. And the other team is, I know I can beat them. And so it gets this extra emotion and extra motivation because it's like, I know we're this good. I know we can beat them. Or there's other outside factors that happen that can cause this. Yeah. Okay, so really what you're talking about is like specifically between schools and like bigger like team levels. That's what most people would know in terms of like the actual like Correct. this of it all. But that's not the only thing that does occur because individual rivalries definitely occur. Correct. And so obviously there's a lot of instances of this in movies and stuff like um, Apollo Creed and Rocky Balboa. That was the one that I thought of. And I yeah. think that's what a lot of people probably would know. But that's a classic, also a classic story of rivals becoming friends. Yeah. Well, and that's that's the thing is um, uh, if you want to go real life, we go with Michael Phelps and uh, Ryan Lochte. Sure. They're swimmers, Olympic swimmers. Michael Phelps went to Michigan and Lochte went to Florida and they competed in college throughout their career and then in the Olympics as well. But they're both on the USA swim team. Okay. And the biggest thing is one person would top the other back and forth, back and forth. I believe Locked was uh, younger than Phelps by uh, a couple years, maybe, um, if I'm remembering right. And so they became kind of friends, but they were also like very, very top competitors in the world of swimming. Uh -huh. And they pushed each other. When they were in the pool competing against each other, they pushed each other, the other to get better. Phelps purposely practiced strokes that he was not as good at to just be able to beat Locked. Just, and, just to be able to like claim the top title. Exactly. Wouldn't that just piss you off though? Yeah, but that is the point. Yeah, but, but that's just, the thing. Yeah, because because like I don't know a thing about Lockney. I know about Michael Phelps because he won all those medals. Uh, Lochte was the one who got in trouble in the Rio games for robbing a convenience store or something. I don't remember exactly what happened. He was driven happened. to crime because, he, like, rivalries are usually imbalanced in one way or another. You know, there usually is one person that is better, and the other person just has to suck on the back tit of hate, you know, just kind of, like, let it fester in their soul. Uh, but, so I kind of, I'm not saying he was driven to crime because of this, but it's got to suck. It sucks to be the rival that is losing. It was Definitely. a false police report is what it was. There was an ah. incident where him and three other American swimmers got in trouble at uh, the Rio Games because uh, he lied about being robbed at gunpoint. Uh, someone just said this in chat. Isn't enemies to lovers like a fan fiction tag? That's a common thing. I have no where clue. I've never, I don't look at not that. that not that I peruse. Not, I don't not that I, I, I don't partake in the, no, actually I don't, but I see it memed all the time. There's like a meme format that's like, uh, like tags of, of fan fiction is like, da, 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 enemies to lover. Bah, 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 bah. It's just like, that's a very common one that I think is, is pretty prevalent <laughs> in cliches, but I would, I would never partake in fan fiction. There was a time though. When I was super into fan fiction, do you want a sidebar? I, yeah, sidebar. I'm, this is no very sidebar. interesting. Sidebar one, fan fiction. Was it about a rivalry? Were you wishing for a rival? No, it <laughs> like wasn't. There Pokemon? was no. There was no enemies to lovers kind of thing, and it wasn't smut. I'm sorry to disappoint everybody. <laughs> it was not. I started after the ending of Mass Effect Three was such a big disappointment. Uh. I read a 
ton of fan fiction from there. Actually, it kind of started. That's after- fair. I've technically I've written, uh, read a bunch of Star Wars fan fiction. Oh, okay. There you go. I mean, Again, that- not smut, but. That whole expanded universe. It really, like, I hate that you have to specify, I'm not reading the spot. (laughs) That's not why I'm doing it. But it started after Mass Effect 2 um, because I loved it so much and I played everything about it. I was like, I have to have some more about this universe. And I think that's when you fall so in love with a, uh, a universe that you need more. You you go to fan fiction because there are some really talented writers that are just expanding the universe and different interesting stories. It's just like more stories and you got to have more. And then they become the rival of the actual world that created the fan fiction. Oh man, there are so many times that there are better writers in fan fiction than there are the actual writers. There like, are actually it, it, a number of fan fictions that eventually became books and movies too not always the good ones because <laughs> i like some of them i i think didn't uh 50 shades of gray start out as like a fan fiction okay of, so of of some other thing yeah and it spawned it, into its wasn't own wasn't it like twilight was it because wasn't, something, Twi- something, wasn't Twilight a fan somebody fiction told of something me, else? No, but t- somebody told me Twilight was not a fan fiction and that the fan fiction of Twilight was the Fifty Shades of Grey. I, I, don't, would believe, I don't know. I would believe any of that. I would believe it. I've never written fan fiction myself, but either way. No, and no, in, no, that's a lie. Mark Blair no, makes no, the, fan that's fiction. That's fake. That's not real. I've never really <laughs> tried to do it. Not in any serious capacity outside of a video as a bit. It's again one of those things. Ninety nine percent people are consumers, and one percent are the actual like contributors to the things. So that does not count. Which the funniest part about that is I remembered because the only type of fan fiction I thought existed was smut. So you guys started writing, and then I went and we, see. That's the preconceived smut. notion is that it's always about smut. If you want to know with the video that he's talking about here, it's a Markiplier makes. It's Markiplier makes fan fiction. I believe that's the name of it. It's a it very is. funny one because Kairu's uh, did a storyboard animation of the actual oh, fan yeah. fiction that we did. Uh, it's on my channel. I believe it's called Markiplier Makes Fan Fiction. Uh, but go listen to that or watch that after you finish this episode of the podcast because we got some more good stuff and we haven't even gotten into the meat of the matter. No. So when you think of rivalry, obviously there's a lot of positives. There's negatives and there's events that kind of line up at this current point in time of things that have happened. Obviously, we thought of the iconic ones of like Apollo and Rocky, yeah, um, Phelps and Lochte. But getting into teams, you have like Alabama-Auburn in all sports. Yeah, There's a bunch of uh, uh, European League teams that are like against each other. I think Manchester United and Liverpool are... All, all of them are probably rivals. Yeah. But there's, uh, isn't it Ohio State and Michigan? Considered one of the biggest rivalries in college sports, yeah. Cincinnati and Steelers, definitely. Yep. The Bengals well, and the is it Steelers. rivalry or do they just hate each other? Where, where's the it's line? a rivalry? Okay, okay. There's there's a level of respect that exists, and there's a certain point where hate comes in. But that's a little bit of a conversation. There's some really dirty games that happen between those two teams. Gotcha. Okay. But everyone within the same division in the NFL and stuff is in there. So getting into Act One, why do rivalries exist? I'll tell you why. Because ever since there was one guy or one girl on this earth, they've wanted to kill each other or fuck each other. It's always one or the other. Love and, and hate is a fine line. A fine line between love and hate. Da, da, da. It's always this dance. The sexual tension is there. Oh, I don't know. I hate you, but you push me harder. Oh, do you? And it's like, I should shut up. <laughs> I should never All talk. Right. I now know why Wade's episode was <laughs> one of the people's favorite episode. I realize now whenever Wade says something crazy and distractible and I go like, oh, wait, what are you doing? And I'm realize I'm I'm that here. In and all I'm fairness, Wade was a little crazy too, but he stayed pretty on top of rivals, rivals now. You and Wade, forever rivals. 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 So I hate to break it to you, but in 
professional sports, mm -hmm. and this is for you, the audience, the majority of rivalries are marketing. Just like boxing. Yeah. Ah, uh, of course it is. Because there, there's certain levels where there's an actual like distinct rivalry that exists, but a lot of times they hype it up so much more. The media puts attention on it because it increases viewership. It increases ticket sales. It's more exciting to go to the game. The fan base gets hyped up. Mm. All of those things, you get emotions involved. When you get people to buy stuff and do things emotionally, they tend to overspend or spend more. Well, that is sad, but it makes complete sense. Almost everything that you see on the internet that has like gone viral these days is probably some form of marketing. There are more and more companies that are completely dedicated to the idea of creating viral campaigns mm -hmm. that are integrated so smoothly into the internet that you don't realize that you're playing into it. A lot of people thought that the recent, maybe not the most recent, Fast and Furious movie. You know how on Reddit there were all of a sudden all these really bad memes oh, about yeah. like Vin Diesel going like, it's about family. And it didn't make any sense. No one knew why those memes started going. They weren't that good. You couldn't trace back the origin of it. It all went back to new accounts that were created. It is almost 100% certain that that was a campaign. It was a marketing. It was a marketing campaign for that movie for this dumb reason to perpetuate these memes because there was really no organic beginning of that. And usually you can trace them back. You always can trace it back when it's organic. You cannot when it's fabricated. All these kinds of boxing matches that you've seen, especially YouTube boxing matches, oh yeah, fake rivalries. Of course it is, because th the next day they'll be in videos together with each other, because of course it is, because it builds hype. I'm not saying it's like something everyone should be like so jaded about everything, but also a lot of posts on Reddit, like a lot of posts are just made up bullshit. They're creative writing projects and people will fall for it because people are good storytellers. And that's just like a fake story is sometimes just as entertaining as a real story. Yep. Sometimes, not always, but sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. So that's one of the big reasons rivalries exist in professional sports. That's not to say that some of them aren't real. The mm -hmm. Bengals-Steelers one is very real, mm -hmm. yeah. um, but it's less real compared to the Browns-Steelers or the Browns-Ravens because the Browns-Ravens, Baltimore's team used to be the Browns. They moved and became Baltimore. Ah, interesting. So there's a rivalry there. I see. Because the Baltimore Colts had left to go to Indianapolis. Uh. So historically, there's actual rivalries that exist. A lot of local ones, like UC Xavier in basketball was a big one. The Crosstown Shootout that is no longer called the Crosstown Shootout because of an incident is now the Crosstown Showdown. Everybody still calls it the Shootout in Cincinnati. That's a major one in college basketball, back mm -hmm. when UC and Xavier were two of the premier schools in college basketball. Right. But a lot of times, player rivalries do exist. Kobe Bryant and Michael Jordan for example, was an actual rivalry because Kobe was the young kid and he was the legend and they competed on different teams and that was an actual rivalry. And they talk about their friendship. Michael has talked about their friendship since Kobe passed away and how that rivalry had them build up and become better players together. Huh. It's so weird for me because I don't know basketball very well. Obviously, I know who those people are. Like, yeah. Don't get me wrong, I do know. But it's weird because it seems to me in my brain for some reason that Michael Jordan and his era in basketball is just so far removed from current present time that there's like a was it is it Michael Jordan and then Kobe Bryant played on his own and then like LeBron James these it seems like different generations but they're not are they they're not um, they're not they overlapped a lot a lot yeah. yeah which is strange to me because it's just like man it just seems like this was just so long ago and maybe that's just my ignorance about the thing but it's just like man wow I guess I guess there were comparisons all the time yeah, yeah. the easiest way rivalries come to exist is regionally yeah usually it's like the battle for Ohio uh Cincinnati and Cleveland both created by the same owner Paul Brown oh really yeah 
Oh, that's why it's Browns. the Browns and why Paul Brown Stadium. Oh, yep. It, that happened, I believe, after the team moved. He decided he sold the team. The team moved and he went down to Cincinnati and started. If I remember the history right, and I'm probably way off, but yeah. Um, there's other ones like Auburn, Alabama. It's Hold regional. on, my Same mind is Ohio still State, blown Michigan. by this because I grew up in Cincinnati, right? I've known it was been the Paul Brown Stadium for a very long time just because I've heard that. In no point did I realize that the Browns were named after Paul Brown. That is crazy to think. It's not crazy to you guys, but it's crazy to me because I grew up knowing this. Whatever. Move on. Sorry. Yeah, so regionally is why that happens. And usually that is a natural way for it to occur because you have fans in the same city that end up being fans of different teams. So it's like there's a rivalry there because it's like this is our state or this is our city or this is our town. Sure, sure. Competition sure. and they play each other very frequently and it's a very intense matchup. And there's, you know, people are sporting their different flags or colors for their team, memorabilia, all that stuff. Of course. They love to rep their team and they love to have a story. A story is always something that people chase. And that's why these fabricated ones or real ones do kind of go in because people do, even in the moment when something is real, they feed into the story. That's what fandom is a lot about is people want to feel like they're a part of something. Even if they're only on the sidelines or they're only watching, they do like to have that moment like, oh, I'm part of this. I'm angry at those fans, like the actual players on the field, but I'm going to pick a fight with them or I'm going to like, oh, I don't like you <laughs> because they want to feel like they're part of the story. It, it's yeah. all like it's the human experience. Everyone wants to be a part of it and everyone wants to be like deeper involved. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm not criticizing or saying it's bad or wrong. It's just like an observation of what it is. And I totally get that because people out there while listening to this podcast are such rabid fans. Pick a rival. We need a rival podcast. We need to fight another podcast. Oh, who, who do we fight? Who? <laughs> yeah, <I'm ready. laughs> Give me a rival. We need to find their fans and then we're going to fight them. We're all no, going to no, fight them. No, no, no. We're going to no, pick another no, podcast no. that's in the same field of sports and we're going to fight them in an alleyway. Yeah. We're going to compete with them to be the best podcasting yeah we're not gonna get actually physically we're gonna get fight that's no. the bat that's a dark side of rivalry we're, we're not rivals with distractible that's i can't do no, that yeah. i can't i me i'm what are you gonna what do, you do me? <laughs> i mean i kind of leaned into it with the elegant versus those barbarians over there they're too low class to even come near us they wouldn't even be able to read the invitation to a battle that we would mail to them distractible people they collectively their iq is about room temperature every single person that lives in his so like we don't even qualify them as being in the same competition they're not a rival. if they think they're a rival of us here at go my favorite sports team that's really flattering but honestly it's a different league the, entirely the funniest thing to me about that hmm? is if distractible and go were actually rivals right mm -hmm. and yeah. competing yeah yeah bob and wade know more about sports than you do but yeah. <laughs> it's not about sport knowledge that's not the qualification of which we are competing here that's not the qualification all right chuckles that's not what it's about we're not doing that that's not what it is <laughs> it's different 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 battlefield we're picking a different uh, arena to fight in that's not what it is all right so the other way rivalry happens is if you're close neck and neck competition which i think i already talked about uh -huh. and so this brings us into the positives of rivalry the positives. act two is there positives yes 
So psychologically speaking, when you are running a race or competing, if you have somebody who's racing against you, you will run faster than you would if you were just racing the clock. Okay. Because you see that person that's in front of you. Right. You see that person that you're like, I have to beat. Um, I believe it's there was a um a thing recently brought up where a marathon runner runs like 25 seconds faster or a long distance runner 25 seconds faster if they have a rival in the race. And that that seems like a tiny bit, but that's a significant margin in any semblance oh. of sport. Oh yeah, twenty five seconds, even in a two hour whatever race, like that's a long time for the first person to go by, and then twenty five seconds to pass, and then the next person comes in. That's a lot. That is considerable. And I've experienced this too. I was in track and field. I did some running, and I remember I was running on the track, and for some reason, some guy like blew past me and shoved me off the track like literally like shouldered me off into the grass inside of the big track there i didn't know why i just got up and sprinted like i was already tired i was running like a mile or something and i was already tired and i was about to finish and when this guy hit me and i hit the dirt i sprinted fast enough to catch up to him i was running a mile and he was doing like a, a 200 meter something whatever and i caught up to him just so i could yell at him <laughs> it was just like and i it, it was amazing because as all of a sudden i had a reason to run more than just to beat the clock i was pissed off at someone i wanted to catch up to him to give him peace of mind and yeah. the thing was what turned out is that he didn't even realize he hit me <laughs> he oh like, yeah he had like gotten a like was i think it was a relay and he like just turned around and got mm -hmm. it and he like blew past me or something like that total accident but i didn't see that and i was pissed off and i was just like what hell man and he just went what? What? who are you <laughs> like I yeah. found the actual thing. It's 25 seconds in a 5K. A runner oh. could improve their time by nearly 25 seconds with a rival in the race as opposed to a race against no rivals. Now, that is a considerable amount faster. Yeah. Have you ran a 5K? It's nowhere near as long as a marathon. No, no, not at all. I ran a 5K uh, when I was running a lot a few years ago. My fastest, I managed to just get under 30-minute 5K, which is not, like, blazingly fast, but it's respectable. It's decent. Yeah. 5K is, like, you know, three... Point two eight miles, I think it is, or something like that. I can't remember what it is. It's, it's three something. Miles. It's five kilometers, and then it's three point two something freedom units. That three point one miles. Three point one miles. So it's not bad to run it under. It's like a good metric of of comparison. However, these competitive five k is probably like five, five minute miles. Five minute miles. Like that's fifteen minutes to do the whole 5k you shave 25 seconds off of that that is us that, that's, that's a lot of that's time. a lot of time that's a lot of and time. that's putting into the factor it's not racing against the clock it's just having a rival in the race yeah that's just one person that you are focused on that i am determined to beat yeah exactly and so that's significant mm. so the motivation and performance output that happens for having a rival is significant mm. Yeah. If you think about that in individual sports, imagine that in team sports where you have 11 people that are running 25 seconds faster. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The, the brain is such a weird thing. Psychology is such a weird thing. Competition is so woven into our being that there are literal physiological pathways outside of our normal conscious control pathways that get activated when you know there's a competition. The sympathetic nervous system, the fight or flight response. But when you hit fight you can do superhuman things. Like there's one, I don't know if you know, Eddie the Beast Hall. You know, Eddie Hall? Yeah, 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 yeah. So he he was the first to lift 500 kilograms in a deadlift. You know really? This, you know, I, yep. know I, I know who Eddie Hall is, but oh, I didn't yeah. know that he, was that he did that. The first to lift 500 kilograms in a deadlift. And if you've ever 
done any weightlifting, you know that 500 kilograms in a deadlift is stupid. It's more than half a ton. It's more than half a ton. It's half a metric ton. It is so much weight. And he did this like five years ago, right? So there's already, look at this. There's already someone that was like, four better. Literally, those just two <laughs> words. I'm not saying anything about it, but the rivalry is already there. That yeah. is hilarious because that is a rivalry that the sideline people are still, four better. <laughs> he lifted 501 kilograms. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care either way. I'm talking about this because I'm talking about the mindset of tapping into something that you didn't realize was there. He basically had done so much training. The previous record was like 467 kilograms wow lifted, which is still an ungodly that was the world record probably set by him before that and then he just was like i'm gonna lift 500k this one day this is how impossible this feat was because the previous record was what is it 33 kilograms less oh you know only like 70 pounds you know 75 pounds less at that time oh casual 75 pounds oh so just throw that on it ain't nothing more he basically ripped this off the ground with pure adrenaline by putting himself in a mindset where he felt like he had to kill yeah. to save a life. That was the only thing. It's the mom strength. It's ripping mm -hmm. a car off the ground off your, your child. Where it's you actually physically damage yourself to a pretty significant degree. Like lifting in general is damaging if you're doing it to gain muscle mass and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. This is something where you're like really damaging. Yeah, because your muscles are stronger than your brain will allow them to contract. But when you tap into things like competition or like these fight or flight moments or adrenaline, you push past your limit in a very literal way. Your muscles will tear. They can tear your ligaments. Your muscles can activate stronger than you think. It's that you have stoplights. You have speed limits in your brain set to up. To protect yourself. To protect yourself. It's that self-preservation. It is. But competition, I'm pretty sure, taps into a little bit of that. You get a little more adrenaline. You get a little more performance. So you, get, you are like, I am willing to hurt myself if I could beat this piece of shit in front of me. Like, that is what it's all about. Also, Eddie Hall almost died doing that lift. He gave himself a concussion from the blood pressure of him squeezing so hard. He literally like did it. He went, yeah, he put it down and then he went like he just collapsed because the amount of squeezing pushed so much blood. You saw his eyes, his eyes, yeah. you saw his eyes turn blue because the sheer fluid pressure pushed forward on his eyes. That's how much his head squeezed. Blood just, vessels were popping. Oh my stuff. God. Yeah. He lucky he didn't have an aneurysm. Yep. Like it's, it's terrifying. Yes. Absolutely. That is what you tap into. With competition, you don't do that fully, uh, but I imagine some sports injuries do occur because of that. Yes. But you tap into it a little more. That competitive, getting that that adrenaline going is part of what makes it so much more for people to do what they can do. The other thing is it breeds innovation. Rivalry breeds innovation. That's because the you're- The space race. Exactly. The space race. Getting into the space race. Even in athletics, you're looking at how somebody does something a little bit different and technique becomes a factor because technique is a massive thing when it comes to to running, throwing, almost any sport, if you can get more precise and more aerodynamic and think about how your body mechanics work and do it more fluidly with less wasted energy, you're going to be faster. Yes. And so you start looking at the closer details because you're like, I need to do whatever it is to be better. Or you learn a different technique because of how that person particularly fights, like in Rocky Apollo when, uh, what is it, Rocky 3? Rocky 3, yeah. Um, where Apollo takes him and he trains him and he learns how to fight. He learns how to actually fight 
Yeah. Which is hilarious because a lot of people didn't get that takeaway from the movie is that up to Rocky 3, you know, when Rocky was talking to his trainer, his trainer was like, because you're a bum. You don't know. You've been having easy fights. It's like, yeah, Rocky literally never learned how to fight. He just could take so many hits that he tired his opponent out. Oh, yeah. He could take yeah. damage. It's like the that's why there was that Simpsons episode where Homer was a boxer and he yeah. just stood there and he just kept getting hit and yeah. hit and hit and hit. And then he just. Ugh. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, that's how it is, because it is just like he literally didn't know how to throw a punch but he knew how to eat punches which is not good boxing uh but then that's why he trained differently to be able to win that fight so rocky built different yeah rocky <laughs> yeah, rocky built maybe a little bit slower now than he started it also makes you push obviously we talked about this with motivation it has you push beyond what you thought your limits were hmm. which we just talked about especially with Eddie Hall but the last thing is like it inspires the fans and as much as it's a marketing tool and sell like a reason to sell tickets and stuff like that the 12th man in football is a thing the crowd noise and a home field advantage is a thing because of your fan base and so if those fans are invested in that rivalry they are excited they're going to be louder they're going to be quieter when they need to be quiet to help you they're going to be louder when they need to be loud to disrupt the other team you know there's going to be action that gives you that distinct home field advantage mm, yeah. you see it all the time in the iron bowl which is alabama auburn you see it all the time in um the ohio state michigan basketball you see it all the time uh in primarily in a lot more college atmospheres because it's like the college students really buy into it but it also happens in the nfl as well i know the for whatever reason the dolphins don't really like the bills I know a Dolphins fan, but definitely Bengals fans and Steelers. Yeah, definitely that. Even I know that, and I don't really know sports. It's because my stepmom is a big Steelers fan because she grew up in Pennsylvania. And mm -hmm. so in my household, that was always a big thing because she was a Steelers fan. And then everyone was like, ooh, you are, you're all right. You know, that kind of thing. That's just how it went. That's just how it always went. It also creates a deeper bond with fans to their team when there's a rivalry that exists. And it also makes, you know, it feel more unique. Uh -huh. And it's a unique competition. Okay. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33 with prime on all body care and candles then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just 9.99 each with prime round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market now the bad side is act two. I think this is act three. All right, act three. Act two was a mystery somewhere in there. I forget no, I what it was. No, I said it. I said, he said it. He two. said it, guys. I don't, did. Don't. He said it. I said it. Why are you giving him shit? He said it. I definitely said he it. He definitely said it. Anyone that says he didn't say it is a rival now, and we're going to fight. That's what's going to happen, right? The Everyone knows that the, he said act two back when act two was the thing. This is act three. The dark side of rivalry. The dark side of rivalry. Um, the first one is jealousy. Usually on an individual level, sometimes on a team level, if you pick the wrong rival or you see a rivalry and it's not competitive, like you're losing all the time, mm. 
you get demotivated in that rivalry. A lot of times, sometimes if you focus on the, an improper rival, you lose motivation. You end up stopping playing the sport because you start getting down on yourself. Yeah. The same thing happens on the opposite spectrum. If your rival falls away, you're overconfident. And sometimes you get bored of it because now it's like, I don't know who I'm competing against. Mm. Even if you're not to the best of the best, if you can't find a new rival, sometimes then you get burned out because it's like my friend that I was around with all the time competing against and training with is going on now it's not fun anymore you know i do actually have a podcasting rival now that i think about it oh did i ever tell you about this i won't say who i'll let people guess for a very long time I've... i won't say who but there was someone uh basically when i started uh, doing podcasting stuff uh, you know my manager was like let's reach out see if i uh, get you on other podcasts uh to be there and there was someone yeah, you know. I know. Yeah, you know. I know. I won't say who. I'm not going to say who because I've heard this so many times before and I've always proved them wrong when they actually meet. Mm -hmm. But still, it gives me that little burst of fuck you energy. I, I never get pissed off about it. I'm just like, ooh, you have no idea. Yeah. You have absolutely no idea. And I'm very grateful for the gift of motivation. <laughs> but this other podcaster who has a popular podcast, I'm sure, was uh, messaged back basically about me possibly being on their show. And their response was, quote, Markiplier, the YouTuber? Yeah, no thank you. And that lives rent-free up here. Well, when I remember it. I don't think about it that much. <laughs> but now that I remember it and the rivalry is fresh air, I'm That's like, our rival. I cannot wait until I am on that show because that's how I feel about it a lot. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm never almost like, oh, you're dead to me. You're dead to me. I'll never. No, I'm just like, you really have no idea like how interesting a guest I am, <laughs> how much you want me on your show. You don't know what a benefit it is for me to be on your show. And I cannot wait for the day that I am on their show and I get to tell them I know <laughs> on their show I know exactly what they said uh, I can't wait and I'll have no hard feelings about yeah. it I legit people might be like oh he's going to be that's the sideline people that are like no legitimately because I understand it I get there I've been there so many people have been there with the oh YouTuber is a silly thing and I've had to prove that so many times but now my list of accomplishments is so long and and it's better now like the education is better now but at the same time it's just like yeah no nah, I'm a YouTuber that should worry you <laughs> that should not be dismissive yeah. like yeah uh, we're, I'm a YouTuber alright I've been doing this a long time time i got a lot of things i could do but yeah well and that's the thing that i think a lot of people discount content creation in the sense is you have to be able to do every part maybe yeah. not to the degree an expert does who's focused specifically on their field but you know how to deal with editing you know how to deal with lighting you know how to deal with cameras and camera work you know how to do like writing your own content designing what appeals to your audience marketing in particular is massive in that that field. So all of those things coupled into one person, you wear all of the hats that a lot of people have distinct jobs for in the film industry or other entertainment and spaces. And you know what it all comes down to? I talked about this on the Corridor podcast too, is it all comes down to just doing the thing, practicing, yeah. doing it every day. Because they, like uh, Fenner in the Corridor crew basically said like watching you in front of camera is like so fun because you just like, you don't have to like warm up into it. The camera points at you and you say something and it's like, yeah, because that's what I've been doing every day 
for 10 years straight with like multiple times where I'm literally live and just making jokes off the cuff. That's just training. It's a practice. Like if I was an AI model, which maybe our brains are, it's just I'm learning to be better at that. You have come a long way and you're from the very first appearance that Tyler was on camera. That's where Stone Face Tyler comes from because he would just be like, just with his big, nice jaw, you know, like, <laughs> great jawline, just like so, so handsome, but just like one word Tyler was also his thing because he would only ever be able to answer questions one word when he was playing games because, you know, the, the, the training wasn't there. But now yeah. you're like infinitely better at just like carrying conversation, weaving jokes like this podcast has helped. And being um, confident to be in front of a camera. For whatever reason, I could speak in front of a crowd, but when I got on camera, I was always super nervous. It's just different skill. It's a completely different skill. A lot of people don't have it. A lot of people have wrong expectations of people like, especially in sporting world, where yeah. suddenly these athletes are thrust into the limelight, like suddenly a big spotlight. You are a celebrity. Millions of people are picking you for their fantasy teams. Millions of people are watching you every day. Hundreds of thousands of people are probably hoping that you fail. Like that is daunting. That is daunting. But when it comes down to it, it's like through sheer exposure, some people rise. And there's talent too, right? There's certain talent that you have. But honestly, you look at the first videos I put out, uh, not a, exactly a charismatic thing. Like we were talking about uh, a while, a little bit ago about the dream reveals. Like, yeah. you know, it's it's all skills. It's all building skills and getting practice in. Everything you, that's why I say to people out there, like, go make that thing that you want to make because the first thing you're going to make is going to be bad. It just is. But it doesn't have to be bad to you. That's the best you can do. And that's great. You'll just look back and it'll be bad. I know that's the thing. Art is a process. Everything's a process. You have to have a starting point and you have to get better. If yeah. you never post, you're never going to improve. Yeah, exactly. Which is why like, I'm at the point where I've realized that I can literally be on any show at any time and I can do fine. Like I, I can do 100% fine. The last thing that was daunting for me, even a little bit, was the TV show. Was going on like Seth Meyers and some of those TV shows. But is immediately after that, I realized like, oh wow, that was not anywhere near as big a deal as I thought. It's literally less intensive than doing live streams and this is the crazy thing about tv and why being a youtuber should be daunting is less people watch tv than watch my videos yep like if you get most average tv shows out there there's less people watch them that's how it works uh so you out there who are streamers or trying to be streamers or youtubers in any way just remember uh you're doing better than a lot of tv shows out there there's tv shows out there with like tons of uh commercials stuff like that their viewership is in the thousands yep L less than this stream right here for some tv shows out there and they're doing just fine wink no, they're not. All right, reeling us back into what we were talking about because that was a right, massive rivalry, tangent. Rivalry, rivalry, sorry, sorry. The bad Will, side. Will, we talked Terminator. about jealousy. Yeah, 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 jealousy. The next thing is when things go too far, tension builds. Whether it's on the field, you start getting into fights. Mm, People yeah. start cheating, pulling hair, punching, all of those things. Right. Same thing with fans. That can very much happen. And I'll talk more about this later, but that's, that's a problem. When you get too many emotions involved, things can get to a boiling point. Mm. People get too invested. Cheating happens. Dirty play happens. When you get to the top, a lot of people are afraid to get off the top, so then they start cheating. There are numerous cheating things that have come out in numerous years of people that have done stuff. And we'll talk about that in a different episode when I talk about cheating and different things that have happened in sport. But more often than not, the biggest problem that happens with rivalry games is violence and hate and dirty play and injuries. Hmm. What about it? Uh, there wasn't really anything that I could have responded to. Yeah, there. So you're I was good, like, you're you're, you're, uh, next thing you're going to talk about is like, all right, I'm ready for it. Yeah. And so the reason that I came up with this topic, first of all, the Discord was telling me about this. But um, recently, a number of incidents have happened. Um, one in particular happened over in Indonesia recently in a rivalry game that ended in riots and a lot, a lot of violence. Mm -hmm. So... 
Someone just said Tanya Harding, but wasn't the thing where Tanya Harding didn't do it? Wasn't that the whole thing? Everyone so. thought Tanya Harding beat uh, her rival's knees or wanted it done or did it herself or anything yeah, like that. Yeah, because it's the gymnastics, right? Yeah. Oh, no, figure skating. Oh, figure skating. Yeah, figure skating. And then didn't the movie reveal in like kind of like many interviews and a lot of corroborated information was like, yeah, Tanya Harding had nothing to do with it. Did not want that to happen. It was her very abusive boyfriend that went out of his way to hire someone to then hire another oh, person to go yeah. do that thing. It was like completely unrelated to any of Tanya Harding's desires. It was a thing like, and the movie talked about it a lot is like some people will jump on an idea and they will follow through and never follow through with any for information. Just like the people that are assuming that the person that I'm talking about in the podcast world is Joe Rogan for some reason. No, it's not Joe Rogan. <laughs> I doubt Joe Rogan even knows I exist. <laughs> Um, but the violence point, like that, that was the thing I wanted to bring up. There's uh, in gymnastics, there were competitions where a gymnast like bashed in somebody's knee. Yeah. Uh, oh, in gymnastics. In that gymnastics. Too? Yeah. Whoa. And incidents in the uh, Bengals Steelers game, one of the dirtiest games in all of the NFL history. In that playoff game, where more flags were thrown than anything else, it was a very ugly game. Multiple injuries came out of it. Vontez Burfitt was involved with that, who has a bad rep for being a dirty player. I don't think he was that dirty in that game, but like coach just pulled hair like there was a lot of really outside of football stuff that happened on the field okay but this particular news incident happened recently and it was a rival match between arima and persebaya a soccer match persebaya so arch rivals armina fc hosted serbaya's team in indonesia premier league soccer Okay. Around 10 p.m. after the match ended, in favor of the visiting team, livid home fans flooded the field. Okay. In protest, um, they were yelling at their team for "Why did you lose?" It was like the first time in I think like 23 years since they've lost a home game against this team, and they were just irate. And riots were happening on field. People were getting into fights with other fans. They're they were destroying stuff. Police ended up shooting tear gas into the crowd in the stadium, and. People obviously getting out of the, the tear gas ended up getting trampled. Mm. So 127 died. 127 died. 180 wounded in a mass riot that happened just recently in this rivalry. Match. I think it was this. Let me see the date. This news broke on October 2nd, so I think it was October 1st. D d d like three, very recently. three days ago. Three days ago. Oh my God. So yeah, there's a really deep dark side to rivalries. Yeah. And. When people get too emotional about sports, riots happen. It's something that even when teams win, sometimes fans get too emotional and party too hard and destroy vehicles. Yeah, yeah. And the biggest thing in this is like when you are marketing stuff and reaching people's emotions to this level and creating this bigger rivalry, you have to think about the implications of how far you take it and stopping people before they get to that boiling point. Man, yeah, because, I mean, that's the whole thing that, like, always irks me is because stadiums are, like, built to be difficult to get out of. They just, like, they are. And the parking lots are, like, difficult to escape from, you know, it's like, and and these things, and especially, like, in like in other countries and stuff like that, or, like, any of the quickly built Olympic stadiums and stuff like that. And it's just like, man, the idea of, like, a stampede of people, it's terrifying. It, people are not nearly as fearful of it as they should be. There's not nearly as much caution taken for these things. There was that situation uh, with uh, Astroworld, I think it was, where, yeah. where people were just, like, pressing up because they're people control. Crowd control is 
is such an important thing. Just thinking about which ways the doors open. Exactly. Yeah. Any of that. That's why it's so important to actually know your exits in any place you are. It's like essential to know your exits. Like the, the, it's terrifying. Like it's one of those things where just sheer massive people and emotions and people getting caught up or disaster striking or, or any kind of thing that could happen is like knowing where you are and how to like control that situation on an individual level might be completely taken away because the crowd, it's like liquid. Yeah. It's purely just like liquid at that point. It's just like a mass of bodies is like so hard to control. 127 people though. Even that is. It's one of the largest. That um, has to be. And most brutal incidents that has happened in sport in like 50 years. It's yeah, up there. My God, 127. That is and horrifying. That's, there's 180 still like wounded and in various levels of condition. Oh my God. But the other thing is in that like FIFA has a rule where you never shoot tear gas inside the stadium because of the amount of panic because it messes with people's vision. People are induced to, you know, they're they're coughing, they're having a hard time breathing. They can fall over exactly. and be trampled. And yeah. that's that's basically what happened. Oh. And now not all of this happened in that because of the tear gas, there were other things that happened outside, fights broke out, other things happened, but absolutely awful. Oh. And that's that's the biggest thing is when you do that rivalry stuff, you have to think about crowd control. You have to think about punishing people before it starts getting too far and starts creating the wave of escalation. Yeah. And so like that's something we studied in school was a massive part of understanding how to control a large group of people. Oh, that actually was in yes. your college classes? Yes. Oh, we, wow. We talked about like how many security you have to try and figure out. And there's no guideline that's like, oh, one security guard to five people. No, it's so unique. Every stadium is so unique. You got to think about exits. You got to think about your broadcasting system, how you utilize it, how to control people when minor incidents happen so that they don't escalate, getting somebody on site, de-escalating situations without escalating them with violence or anything else like that, stopping things before they happen. And it's such a difficult thing because it's, you know, more often than not, innovation, unfortunately, because it involves money, doesn't happen until incidents like this happen. Yeah. And this is not just happening in sports. Mm -hmm. Keep in mind, this stuff happens at concerts. Oh, yeah. This stuff happens at like conventions. There were times where like we were trapped down a hallway because of um, the way that like I was really upset when we went to Indie PopCon. Yeah. And we were at that end of that one hallway. And I was sitting here. I'm like, what's your exit strategy? There's literally nowhere we can go. Yeah, man. It was I, I saw it so many times at VidCon where there would be like a YouTuber or whatever, a Viner back in the day was sprinting through the front of it. Oh, and yeah. it was like, it wasn't just not crowd control. It was not any kind of understanding of the ramifications of some of these actions because yeah. they would run and they would have a phone and they'd be like, like, or a camera and filming it backwards and they'd see the crowd and everyone would be running and people would run and people would start running and then fences would get knocked over and then railings would get knocked over. Me and Sean, we experienced something like this when we were coming back from a booth and we were trying to get backstage and then people were literally climbing over. It was very much like zombie, <laughs> like yeah. zombie apocalypse because you get like, kids are, and it wasn't, we were in no danger at any time, but still it was just like you hear something go clang and you see like behind you and then there's kids crawling over and their moms are like throwing them over the fence. I mean, I'd laugh if it wasn't a really terrifying thing if it went more out of control. Like yeah. it's just, it's one of those things, crowd, the mob mentality, like the, the people in the crowd, they lose their minds because well, everyone makes individual terrible decisions. And that's the thing, like you're at the front of the line, you're getting pressed against something because yeah. everybody's trying to get closer. Yeah. I think there like incidents where people were shooting money into a crowd or hiding money around a convention oh, center, like what the, the dangers. The oh, oh, God. That, that was a thing at VidCon. There was one year where somebody was hiding money around the around the convention. Okay. 
fun. But all of those incidents, like the escalation and the dangers of those situations, you have to understand. And that's the dark side of rivalry. And so when you pick your rival, it has to be somebody you respect. It has to be somebody you admire in a sense that you are going to not get to that point. Yeah, hopefully. So in conclusion, like rivalries have a lot of good things for you to use in sports to be able to push yourself, but you need to be careful about your reasonings behind it so that it's a more controlled sense and it's something that will last. It's something that's mutual as well and it's not something that's out of pure hatred. Yeah. Can't let your emotions take over. Yep, but humans are humans also. It's just something that people have to plan for, but you know, when there are people involved, anything can go wrong. But definitely the situation recently was like, that's that's awful. That's awful. And yeah, it's like tear gas in a crowd like that, of course. Uh, anyway. That's all I got. Well, well, that wraps it up for Rivalry. We uh, started on a, a friendly note of enemies to lovers, and then we ended with the dark side, and it truly was a dark side. But I am now more informed about the rivalries in sports, the good and the bad, and so are all of you. If you were informed, remember to thank Tyler for all of his education and all of his research that he does for this. He does, oh, no, I'm dead serious. He does do a lot of research for these episodes. To bring the information, I basically just sit here and make jokes about it all day long, and then I try to be funny, and then I get mad about certain <laughs> things that nobody should get mad about uh but everyone remember to thank tyler for this and remember to support the podcast in the best way that you know how which is to either tell a friend about it subscribe to it and listen to it all of the different podcast platforms simultaneously <laughs> subscribe to this youtube channel or find some merch at store.gmfst.com where you can get your very own eye finger sports hats and we can all finger sport together collectively collectively as one thank you tyler for all the wonderful information that you have fed into me. Thank you for going on this journey with me. And uh, this time I didn't want to start with the sad news because that's the reason I wanted to get into rivalries was that news that broke. And I was like, oh. And Discord obviously had been talking about it. And so thank you those that post on the Reddit and interact on the Discord and all of that because sometimes it helps me come up with an idea and formulate thoughts even when I originally think it wouldn't necessarily be a good episode. Yep. Here is a wonderful comment that I think really encapsulates our entire audience. Thank you, Tyler. I hate sports, but this was nice. And see, that's what it's all about. You don't have to be a lover of sports. I'm not a sport person. I will probably not go watch sports after this, and I probably won't for a while. But we're all joining the table. The rivals between the sport lovers and knowers and the sport not knowers and haters. We are all here at the table together, learning, holding hands, maybe becoming lovers. But for now, we're enemies. We're enemies for now. And that we shall stay until maybe. I always loved it. I, it, didn't, it didn't stick around long enough. The unless... Or dot 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 <laughs> lest you know I just like uh, maybe you know could be but anyway uh, that's all for now yeah thank you guys bye bye. <laughs>